Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the grain markets have been taking a beating. Are there signs prices have started to bottom out? Without a swift recovery of bullish sentiment, growers who held off selling the best new crop prices in a decade may be headed for familiar marketing strategy this fall, holding and hoping. Errol Anderson, the president of Pro Market Communications in Calgary, says it isn't just the egg sector feeling the effects as the world slows down and enters a recession. An international bison convention is being hosted in Saskatchewan. It'll be the first time in Canada since 2012 when the last conference was held in Quebec City. Convention chair and bison producer Les Kruger will talk about a very challenging year for many bison producers due to extreme weather conditions. After the break, Errol Anderson. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Errol Anderson is with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. And uh, Errol, we've certainly been seeing a, a lot of uh, effects and ups and downs as far as the commodity markets go. But uh, I guess from your perspective, what you're seeing is that this isn't specifically an ag sector issue. It's more of a uh, sign of, uh, of a recession. Well, certainly, uh, recently we've seen a major plunge in in the ag sector, but this has been broad based in nature. Uh, this is a global commodity price setback. You know, products like cotton, products like crude oil, uh, actually has turned into a bear market now. We've seen the crude market lose 20% of its uh, more than 20% of its value since its highs in March, and actually that technically to us suggests that the oil market is actually turning into a bear market. Copper prices have really gone into a collapse, and the reason for this is just the the world is slowing down, and, and there's fears that we've entered a recession. And, and my thought is is that yes, we have we have entered a recession, even though uh, we may not hear it so much on the radio yet that we still haven't entered. I think we are certainly seeing it from the consumer. So the consumer is hard-pressed right now. I think there's even going to be a, a pressure in the real estate market. This will be particularly seen in the U.S. as I see it right now. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing an asset devaluation right now that's likely going to follow through into the fall market. So let's talk about the big two, uh, wheat and canola, and what you saw over the course of just the past week. Well, looking at the uh, September Minneapolis market, we saw the market break around $12. And when it broke $12, the September contract actually broke down below $9, and it went rapidly. We, we saw those losses over about a two-and-a-half-week period. Now, earlier this week, we did see the market basically get oversold. We saw this Minneapolis September contract move down into that 885 per bushel range and technically really oversold. So now we're in a bit of a bounce right now, but the bounce won't be as high as where we came down from. The top end on the, or the resistance as we see it is approximately around 1060 a bushel. So I don't see the Minneapolis market right now going back up towards $12. We need fresh bullish news in order to restart this market. If we don't see the restart in the market, then I think overall we've got a lower trading window. What about canola? Well, the November contract right now is trading 
quite choppy within about a $50 metric ton range on a daily basis. So it's really, really choppy. It's trying to find value. We've seen some hedge pressure this week. Some growers are pricing right now. That's putting some further downside pressure. The November contract did get as low as about 791 earlier this week. Now, on a recovery, I believe the resistance is around 875. So very, very choppy. Can we go up to $900 again? Sure we can, but again, I think we need some fresh news to get us up there. The downside of this market is the major support as we see it technically is down around 780 a metric ton. So what is the outlook for the coming weeks and, and months ahead? Well, it's tough to call week to week, but right now the markets are rebounding slightly late week, and that's because of talk that China is reopening. But again, overall, these commodity markets are hurt. And so that means that the rallies will be short-lived. If we do see a bounce-up, it may be an opportunity for growers to price in some more grain. These prices are still high. In my view, there is a potential that we will weaken further into the fall market, but calling it week to week is definitely very difficult. Errol Anderson is the president of Pro Market Communications in Calgary. After the break, we'll hear from Bison producer Les Kruger, who is also chairing an international Bison conference being held in Canada for the first time since 2012. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. I'm speaking with the Hanley Saskatchewan Bison producer, Les Kruger, who also happens to chair an international bison conference that's being held in Saskatchewan this year and the first conference to be held in Canada for many years. So first of all, Les, tell us about what you've got planned for this very important international event. So the International Bison Convention is held every five years and it alternates between Canada and the U.S. So we only have it in Canada every 10 years. The last one was in 2012 in Quebec City. So we put a group of us got together and put in a proposal to host in Saskatoon for this year. And through all of the current events that are going on with COVID and travel restrictions anyway, we're going ahead with it. So we start up on July 12th and run through July 15th at TCU Place in Saskatoon. Is this for bison producers only or is it for anybody who's connected to the industry? You know, so IBC is is more about it's not just production, it's conservation, it's First Nations, marketing, chefs, every aspect of bison is represented and, and our speakers reflect that. You know, we've got people from all of those different groups attending We've got people coming from the UK. One of our speakers is from Poland, uh, Dr. Wanda Olek. And then, you know, several delegates from the U.S. attending the event, too. You have uh, a wonderful theme for your conference this year. I think it um, really speaks to what we all need to do. Uh, Maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we came up with a theme, Strength in the Herd. Bison are a very family and herd-oriented animal. So the whole bison community, it doesn't matter what aspect you're part of, there is strength in working together and strength in being together. Let's just talk about uh, the state of the industry, I guess, um, how things stand right now. Uh, Certainly last year was a very difficult year. We've talked a lot about the drought in the West, but there were some areas that were very wet as well. So uh, how are things looking for the sector? 
So I think we're going to be feeling those effects for a while. You know, some of our areas locally here, this is the fourth and fifth year of the drought. And what it did was impact mainly the feed supplies. So producers have had to adjust herd sizes accordingly. It's put pressure on prices. It has had a a pretty significant impact on our industry. That along with the stacking events of the COVID-related issues, a lot of markets got shut down through the last few years. So the drought is going to be long going. It's going to take several years to work our way out of this situation. Fortunately, we're we're starting to see some improvements, right? Um, some areas that were very dry have been getting some moisture and uh, maybe excessive in some cases. But but do you see that as well, that there are improvements? Yeah, that's right. Alberta has been getting pretty decent rainfalls now, and the crops and, and the haylands are improving, as well as Manitoba. A certain part of Saskatchewan has been seeing those too. You know, there's still a few areas, and then, you know, you get into the other impacted areas. It's it's right from drought to flooding now. So uh, it all has an impact on us, but marketing has increased and been developing pretty good. So we've got a, a great demand for the Bison product. You made a reference to COVID-19, the pandemic, it had an impact on everyone. Are you starting to see the bison industry uh, beginning to recover from that? Yeah, I believe so. You know, stuff is starting to go back to Europe. The restaurants are open, so the restaurant trade in that industry was a, a big part of the bison market. As that's opening up and people are getting out more, it's definitely having a positive impact for us. One speaker that will be at your conference, very popular, always interesting things to talk about, the food industry, Sylvain Charlebois. So uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, so so Sylvain Charlebois is, is from Dalhousie. He is very current on all things food and how the bison fits into the whole uh, food industry, in not only domestically but internationally. And also uh, focus on meat processing? So we've got some speakers coming up from the U.S. The processing, it's definitely had an impact locally, but it's right across all of North America. Uh, That's been one of the things that makes it difficult to expand markets is processing facilities. Tourists quite often visit Wanuskewin Heritage Park. It's a very special connection with the the bison sector, and, and your guests will have an opportunity to see that. Yeah, so Wednesday afternoon, we're going to take a tour. The whole convention will take a tour out to Wanuskewin for the afternoon. Dr. Ernie Walker will be leading that, and, and he's also one of our speakers at the convention. It's a great opportunity for people to see that. It's a really great facility that we have right in our back door. So the opening night, Tuesday night, the reception, it's Taste Saskatchewan. We're having Taste Saskatchewan night. We're going to have a chef's panel So we often have producer panels and marketing panels. So for this event, we're going to have a chef's panel so that we can hear from the chefs what they're looking for, what they're doing, you know, especially with bison, some of the challenges and opportunities that go with that. I also wanted to mention with the Wanuskewin event, following our convention on Friday afternoon, they're having a a very important celebration. It's a bison treaty signing on Friday afternoon. So while it's not really part of IBC. It's closely linked in. Les Kruger is a bison producer from Hanley, Saskatchewan, and also chairing an international convention being held in Saskatoon.
This is the Agriculture News and Review for the week of July 4, 2022. There were no major surprises in the seeded acreage report from Statistics Canada. Approximately 25,000 farmers were surveyed from May 13th to June 12th. Some producers in eastern Saskatchewan and Manitoba were seeding well into June due to excessive spring moisture, and that could have some impact on those numbers. Statistics Canada estimates 21.4 million acres of canola were seeded, which is about a half million tons above the March forecast, but 4.7% below the 2021 area. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association called on the federal and provincial governments to conduct an investigation into cattle and beef pricing. Stock Growers President Garner Diabolt said ranchers and feedlots are operating at a loss, while packers and retailers are making huge profits. Diabolt warned of significant downsizing of cattle numbers across Canada because of the low prices. He wants a government investigation into pricing of cattle and beef on the store shelf. The federal government is providing $1.6 million to an Alberta company to produce high-efficiency fertilizers. Solveris of Calgary will use the funds to further develop new technology to produce high-efficiency fertilizers made with organic carbon. The technology will convert various forms of organic waste into high-efficiency fertilizers, rich in nutrients and soil-building carbon, and economical to use in large-scale agriculture. The fertilizer would also be used for lawns and plants in commercial and home use. The support is part of government plan to reduce fertilizer greenhouse gas emissions by 30% by 2030. New federal clean fuel regulations could lead to a growing market for canola growers. The manager of biofuel policy at the Canadian Canola Growers Association, Steve Pratt, says regulations come into effect July 2023. He said biofuels like canola are expected to play an expanded role to lower greenhouse gas emissions profiles of diesel fuel. Pratt said the impact of new clean fuel standards on canola demand may not be felt for three to four years, but the rising demand could be in the millions of tonnes. And a farm group has dropped the cattleman name to be more gender inclusive. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association said it will now be known as the Canadian Cattle Association. The group has had the word cattleman in its name since its founding in 1932, but President Red Schellenberg said today's ranchers are a strong and diverse group of people. The name change is a result of a larger rebranding exercise by the CCA that also includes a new logo. CCA is an industry organization representing more than 60,000 ranchers and feedlot operators nationwide. The federal government is providing over $1 million to Soma Detect and Vivid Machines to help producers improve farm management and their bottom line. Soma Detect of Nova Scotia will develop and combine its sensors and artificial intelligence to deliver real-time milk quality information for dairy farmers. Vivid Machines of Toronto will provide fruit and vegetable growers with a computer vision system that captures visible and chemical details of every plant across a crop from bud to harvest. The company will develop its sensor and vision technology to capture plant-level data below the canopy of leaves.
If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarland, and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.